Amen. We are so grateful to God for all that the Lord is doing and how God is moving. If you would, I want to take us to 2 Kings, 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. Second Kings, the sixth chapter, the thirty-second verse. Second Kings, the sixth chapter, the thirty-second verse. <laughs> Reverend Bill, it's funny we were talking about don't give up on God because He won't give up on you. It's funny how, as life goes on, when God continues to take you further, they can look back, and God will sometimes take you to places where folks may have. Uh, not necessarily felt you were one of the ones that were going to make it. Amen. Uh, we were riding in the car today, and uh, I realized on tomorrow I'm speaking at the in, at the at the, at the, at the, at the Good God Almighty, Nimburo Cultural Center, on, on the campus of University of Maryland. Um, and it was funny because I graduated from University of Maryland, and I remember my first year there. My first year there. Um, I was not necessarily the best student. Amen, somebody. In my first year there, one of my classmates uh, went to the cultural center to get me and two of my friends a mentor uh, because she felt we needed a mentor. Amen. Uh, she felt we needed a mentor, went to get us a mentor, um, and told us, hey, I want you to meet. They've got this upperclassman, a black woman who's going to be your mentor. Well, I he said upperclassman, black woman. And I was down for at least the introduction. Just saying. <laughs> so me, and my buddy Mike, and my buddy Mark went meet with this sister. This sister came to meet us. I introduced myself. She said, "Good to meet you." Mike introduced himself. He said, "Good to meet you." Uh, Mark introduced himself, and she said, "Oh, you're Mark. I heard you're the light in the room of darkness." Me and Mike looked and said, "Oh, I guess we the room of darkness." <laughs> it's interesting. The mentor that the cultural center sent. Uh, considered us the room of darkness, so we never dealt with her. I think we may have cussed her out. That wasn't what the Lord would have us do, y'all. Amen. It was bad Pastor Tony. Amen. Pastor Tony, different life. Amen, somebody. But isn't it interesting that now all these years later, I'm going back to speak in the very place that they were trying to find a mentor to just try to get me together. Amen. Don't give up on God because God won't give up on you. I don't care who sees you as the room of darkness. Amen, somebody? God can see something in you when you can't see something in yourself. And God can know you've got possibility beyond when you're just giving up on yourself. Uh, Second Kings, Second Kings, the sixth chapter, the 32nd verse, 2 Kings 6, 32. Now Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footstep behind him? As while he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him. The king said, this disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha replied, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a say of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And then if you go to chapter 7, verse 18, it says, it happened as the man of God had said to the king, 
about this time tomorrow, a say of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two says of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. My brothers and my sisters, I want to share on a sermon subject today, Better is on the way. Better is on the way. Turn to your neighbor and say, Better is on the way. Come on, let us pray God in Jesus' name. Do it. Amen. Better is on the way. So it's an interesting thing, but I come because I need you to understand that it's the enemy's job to keep you in a perpetual state of believing that what is will always be. In other words, it's the enemy's uh, uh, job to get you to believe that hard times are here all the time. It's the enemy's job to get you to believe that when you're looking at the current state of affairs, that whether you're looking at the inflation, whether you're looking at the challenges of this world, whether you're looking at the crime, whether you're looking at the challenges in our community, whether you're looking at the challenges in your life, whether you're looking at the challenges in your finances or your relationship, it's the enemy's job to get you to believe that you will never get out of what you're currently in. It's the enemy's job to keep you in believing you'll always be stuck and there's nothing better for you. It's the enemy's job to keep you depressed. It's the enemy's job to keep you anxious. It's the enemy's job to keep you in a state of belief uh, that nothing can shift and nothing can change. Uh, but I've come by to let you know that it's my job as your pastor to let you know that better is on the way. It's my job to let you know that I don't care how rough it looks, how bad it gets. I don't care how bad you've messed up, that God can bring better in your situation. And it's my job to let you know that no matter what the circumstances look like, if you're outgunned, if you're outnumbered, if you're outmatched, if God is on your side, good God Almighty, uh, then better is on the way. Uh, that I've come by to point out to you that there's possibility for you. I've come out to point out to you that God has a plan for you. I've come out to let you know that God has a plan not to harm you, but to bless you. God has a plan to give you a future and a hope that better, good God Almighty, is on the way. And the thing is, if you can just grab a hold of that notion, you see, uh, the enemy understands that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And if I can take away your hope, I can keep you from being faithful. Uh, because hope is an ingredient of faith. Uh, but if I can just get you to hope, good God Almighty, uh, then I can help you to get your faith back. If I can get you to just believe that there's a bright side somewhere, good God Almighty, uh, then I can get you to get your faith back. If I can get you to understand that God did not bring you this far to leave you, uh, th then I can help you uh, to get to where God has called you you to be somebody shout better lord have mercy it, it is on the way i've come by to declare and agree decree to somebody that better is on the way. I, I know you messed up. I, I know you did wrong. I, I know uh, that it's your fault. I, I know it's your fault. That I know that, uh, that everybody around you has let you down. I, I know that they've given up on you, but I've come by to remind you the words of that song. Don't give up on God. Good God Almighty, because God will not give up on you that better 
is on the way. When we look at the scripture, when we look at our text, what we find is that we find uh, the children of Israel, and they were dealing with uh, King Hadad, and, 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 and you look at King Ben-Hadad, he was a king of Aram, and he had laid siege uh, to the city. He had laid siege to the city, and, and, and a famine was in the land. Famine was in the land, and, and it talked about the fact that famine was in the land so bad uh, that, that, that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a, a quarter of cob of seed pods, a real small amount sold for five shekels. In other words, inflation had gotten so high because nobody had anything to eat. Nobody had anything to eat. And here we have uh, the prophet Elijah, the prophet Elisha, here we have the prophet Elisha, and the king is coming out to Elisha's household. The king is coming out because the king uh, was just dealing with the situation. He was walking along, and these two women hollered at the king, and they were upset because they had a beef. And he said, well, what is your issue? And they said that uh, we were so hungry that we made a deal, that we made a deal that uh, on this day that we would eat my son for dinner, and, and, and then uh, on the next week we would eat her son, and, and she's hidden her son. Good God Almighty. Anybody ever had it so rough? Good God Almighty. They had it so rough and they got the cannibalism that they were eating their children. And the king got so upset that he went to see Elisha. He went to see Elisha and he went uh, to deal with Elisha because Elisha was God's man. Elisha was the one uh, who was able uh, to share a word from the Lord. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I need a word from the Lord. I need uh, a word from the Lord. And, and, and so when, when better is on the way, one of the first things I want you to understand that we can learn from the scripture and learn from the king is don't blame the solution. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't blame the solution. He goes to king, he's upset. There's a famine in the land that everything is so high that nobody has anything to eat, that everything is so challenging. And the Bible says that he goes uh, and he sends his servant ahead of him to Elisha. Elisha tells his folks uh, to lock the doors because don't y'all see the king is coming to try to kill me? And, and, and the king's servant says that the king said, this disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And I've come by today because some of us are blaming God for what God did not do. Some of us, you see, you cannot blame God for every bad thing that happens in your life. Because some stuff just happens because life be happening. And some stuff just happens because people have free will and do evil things. And one of the worst things in the world to do is to blame God uh, for the fact of something. Uh, God gave the world free will, and, and, but you're blaming God for something somebody did. Let me help you. Let me help you. The, the, here you have this famine. The king is upset, and he's blaming God, but he's not blaming the king who, whose army is laying siege to the city. So he doesn't blame the king of Aram, Ben-Hadad. No, he blames God because he said God brought this on us when the reality is, as a king, uh, he wasn't strong enough to fight the enemy that was coming in his direction. He did not have his army ready uh, for Ben-Hadad's army that came. They did not have uh, their city uh, fortified enough. They did not have it uh, with the amount of resources or the supply chain for them to be able to outlast a siege. He's mad at God for something that wasn't God's fault. Somebody here today, good God Almighty. You beefing with God and it's not God that did it. Evil did it. Good God Almighty. The, 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 one of the worst things in the world is to tell somebody if they have a loss, uh, the, well, God knew what God was doing and God took them up out of here. No, a fool took them up out of here. Amen. Somebody that, that somebody who made an evil decision did what they did. And, and the challenge is that you can be blaming the solution. 
that you spend so much time blaming God that you don't look God for the solution to your situation. You're blaming God because of your financial situation. You're blaming God because of your relationship situation. You're blaming God because of the way your community is set up when the reality is that God is the one that can help turn things around. God is the one that's got the answer to your challenges, but you're spending so much time blaming God that here goes the king, and the king is coming and blaming God. The king is coming, and he didn't have a plan for the solution, but he's had a pity party, and he's blaming God, and God knows what God can do to get them up out the situation. Somebody today, I've come by to challenge you to stop focusing so much on your problem and put your focus on the problem solver, because I do promise you that the Lord can make a way, Lord have mercy, somehow. All you've got to do is stop getting so much caught up and trying to blame God about where you are and give God glory about the fact that you believe that God can take you to where you need to go. You see, when you're going through hell and high water, you give God glory that God's the one that can help you walk on water. That when you're going through challenging times, you give God glory that God can turn your test into a testimony. That when you're going through grief, you give God glory that God's a comforter. When you're going through sickness, you give God glory that God's a healer. When you're going through depression, you give God glory that God's a heart fixer and a mind regulator. Have I got anybody up in here that when things are getting too tough for you, you give God glory that God's a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. I've come by to let you know to give God. Don't blame the solution. Uh, but the second thing is it can happen sooner than you think. Uh, turn to your name and say better is on the way. But better is on the way. I often think, Reverend Bill, uh, what would have happened if those women who ended up sacrificing that one child understood that the breakthrough was a few days later? Would they have made a different decision? And some of us uh, make decisions off of the fact that we don't feel better's coming. But if we understood how close we were to our breakthrough, it would help us in our decision-making process. That we wouldn't lay down with them, Lord have mercy, if we knew how close we were to the one that would be good to us. We wouldn't keep going back, good God, to the one that always treats us wrong and deal with lies that we know are lies just so we can have somebody hold us tight. If I got somebody in the house that knows what I'm talking about, that we wouldn't deal with the foolishness we deal with if we really understood that our breakthrough was right down the corner. We would look for the hookup and put ourselves in a bad situation if we knew God was about to open up the door. That we would not compromise our integrity or our values if we knew that better was right down the street. Here you have Elisha. And Elisha told the king, I, I know you think it's bad, but by this time tomorrow, I didn't say next week, I didn't say next month, I said by this time tomorrow, turn to your neighbor and say better, Lord have mercy, is on the way. But
God wants me to help somebody understand. I'm not giving no pie in the sky. I am saying that God has the ability to do a tangible shift in your situation like that. That God can turn it around, Lord have mercy, just like that. The Bible says that it says that a donkey's head was going for 80 shekels. A donkey's head was one of the worst things you could ever think of trying to eat. It was going for 80 shekels. It was going for big money. Uh, but Elisha told them, by this time tomorrow, Lord have mercy. Uh, he, he said a say of the finest flour is going to go for one shekel. A say is about 7.3 liters, Lord have mercy, of the finest flour. He said barley is going to go for a shekel uh, for two says. In other words, 14 liters is going to go for a shekel. In other words, I'm getting ready to shift the inflation and I'm going to turn things around in such a way that what seemed to cost so much I'm going to make it plentiful for everybody in the situation and I'm going to do it by when? By tomorrow I've come by to speak to somebody to let you know that the Lord of hosts is saying that God's going to do a tangible shift. I'm not just talking about a metaphorical shift I'm not just talking about a figure shift. I'm not just talking about an illustrative shift. I said a tangible shift in your situation. Better, good God Almighty, is on the way. Better, good God Almighty, is on the way. In a tangible nature, your bank account will be better. Your relationships will be better. Your job situation will be better. Your family will be better. Your children will be better. Your community will be better. I wish I had somebody to grab a hold on that. See, the challenge is that you so caught up in the reality of what you're facing that you don't see how it can get better. But I've come by to let you know that God sent me by to tell you better is on the way and it's going to happen sooner than you think. The last thing that I'm about of here is stop letting the how hinder you. Stop letting the how hinder you. Elisha says to the king, by this time tomorrow, there's going to be a shift. And the Bible says that the officer who was at the king's arm, the officer who was like the king's right hand, said, even if God opened up the windows of heaven, uh, it would not be able to handle this situation. It, it, the, 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 the word of God just came for this situation. And, and, and the man allowed the fact that he couldn't picture how it could happen to keep him from believing it could happen. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the how that we forget about the who. And so then it's hard to receive a word about better because we're trying to figure out how God's going to do it. And it does not make sense how God can get us out of the mess that we're in. 
that, that, that when you look at their situation, their situation was horrible. When you look at their situation, they were outmatched and outnumbered. When you look at their situation, there was no way that anything should be able to happen to be able to help them. And so that gentleman actually was a very smart person. He was actually a very logical person. He was actually a very reasonable person. Uh, but you don't need logic or you don't need facts or you don't need reason uh, when you're dealing with God. You just need faith. And so I appreciate factual people, and I appreciate logical people, and I appreciate reasonable people. But when I'm going through hell and high water, I need some faith people with me. I need some people that can believe when it doesn't look like it. I believe some people that can pray with me and touch and agree and believe that God's about to work it out. I believe that I need some people who, when they hear better for my life, they start shouting for me before better even comes. That when they hear healing for my life, they start praising for me before my body even gets better. Have I got a witness in the house today that you can't get so caught up in the how that it hinders the who? And here's the reason you can't get so caught up in the how, because the how has nothing to do with you. If you look further in this text, what you will realize is that nobody in the meeting participated in the deliverance. Elisha didn't participate in it. The king didn't participate in it. The officer didn't participate in it. That God was able to do what God wanted to do the way God needed to do it. And the challenge is that you were trying to figure out how is God going to do it with me when God is saying, I don't need you to do it. I don't need anybody that's around you to do it. I don't need anybody you know to do it. I can do it before you even get there. I can work it out before you even show up. I can let me show you in the text what you'll find in the text and what you'll find in the story is it is it at the entrance of the gate at the entrance of the gate of the city there were some lepers there were four lepers a leprosy was a disease that those people did not get to hang with everybody else and so even in the middle of a famine even in the middle of hard times they still had to be by themselves so they were the worst of the worst they were lepers standing at the entrance to the gate and the lepers said you know what let us go and turn ourselves in to the other army. They said, because if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go there, they may kill us, or they may treat us like prisoners, but even as they're prisoners, we'll eat better than the people in this city. And so the lepers decided to go out to be and turn themselves into that army because they felt like it was the best thing they could do for their situation. What they didn't realize is before they even had their conversation that God was already moving. They didn't realize is that God had caused the sound of a huge army to overtake the enemy in their camp. The enemy was in their camp, camped around the city, and God caused them to hear the sound of an army coming at a distance that was so big that they got scared. They felt that the king of Israel had shaped a partnership with another nation and other nations were coming to fight them. And they got so scared that they left everything they had right there and just ran off. I'm talking about they left their horses, they, they left their materials, they left their gold, they left their food, they left their tizzit, everything they had, they left because God confused them. Lord, have mercy. In other words, God didn't have to send anybody to the fight. God took care of the fight all by 
God's self. And I've come by to talk to somebody today to let you know you're too focused on the how and God's about to confuse your enemy. Or that God's about to move and put a sound in the atmosphere that causes your enemy to run. That God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere that causes your enemy to understand that there are more for you than those that are against you. That God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere that puts of fear in the devil's heart that God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere that causes your bill collectors to stop ringing your phone that God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere that sends up scholarships that sends up new jobs that sends up financial opportunity that God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere that causes cancer to get scared and jump up out your body that God's about to put a sound in the atmosphere to cause sugar diabetes to get right. God's about to send a sound in the atmosphere to cause every raggedy Negro and Negret to get about your life and leave you alone so the right one can get to you at the right time. Then God is about to confuse the enemy. Have I got anybody in here that can help us make that sound? Have I got anybody in here that can give God some praise and help make the sound of the army in your neighbor's life? Help make the sound. Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, this praise is for you. I don't know what you're going through, but this gonna confuse the enemy in your life better is on the way better is on the way somebody shout better somebody shout better somebody shout better i feel better so much better since i laid my burdens down friends don't treat me like they used to since i laid my burdens down Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I lay my burdens down, better, 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 is on the way, come on, give God glory in here, if you believe it, give God glory. If you receive it, give God glory. Hallelujah. 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 Better. 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 It's on the way. Hallelujah. Better. Hey, glory, glory, glory. Glory. Glory, glory. Glory. Glory, glory. 
I don't know how, but I know who. And if God be for me, and it's more than the world against me, better to stand all over the church, all that are able. Lord have mercy. Better. 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 I know you're looking. And it seems like it's been so long. Don't you give up this early. Better. It's on the way. There's an old saying. It says, don't work so hard to swim your way all the way to shore to drown in shallow water. Don't get so close that you can stand up and you drown because you give up. You've come too far to give up now. You've held on too long to give up now. You're closer than you think. Don't sacrifice what God has given you because you're giving up too soon. Because better is on the way. Somebody better is going to run into you this week. And you're going to shout about lose your mind. Because you're going to know it's better. Lord, have mercy. I'm not talking about something that you're going to have to try to figure out, is this better? I'm talking about, no, you're going to be clear. This is better. This is the breakthrough. Good God Almighty. This is the shift. I've been praying for this. Shucks, I ain't just been praying for this. My family been praying for this for generations. This is the shift that will shift my bloodline. Good God Almighty. This is the shift that will make things better for my children's children. Better is on the way. on the way. Let me, if you receive that for yourself, just raise your, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Say, God, I receive better. Say, God, I deserve better. Somebody, you need to receive that for yourself. Say, I deserve better. They said I don't deserve it. But I know in my heart, I deserve better. I don't know why this just came to me, but somebody, 
There's some folks you need to get out your phone and out your DM and need to block right now. Because you deserve better. Somebody, you're in a relationship, but it ain't really a relationship because they married to somebody else. And you got to stop it because they never will. And they will keep dragging you along. But you deserve better. Don't let them tell you, well, I'm about to get rid of her for you. I'm about to get rid of him for you. No, no, tell them, holler at me when, they got, when it's done. But the fact that you would deal with me while you were dealing with them means you ain't the right type for me anyway. Because if you'll cheat on them, you'll cheat on me. Somebody shout, I deserve better. Somebody in the house, God's been trying to send you better, but you've been keeping stuff in the place of better. And so there's no room for better to come. And as long as you keep having placeholders, then there's no room, good God Almighty, for the better to come. Better keeps trying to come and keeps getting bumped into what's in better space. I'm trying to help somebody here today. I, I believe if you get this, your life will shift. Because you've got to believe you deserve better. You don't deserve what you've been accepting to the point in which God is grieving because you deserve so much more than you accept. And God is just believing that there will be a point along your journey that you can love yourself as much as God loves you and understand how much God believes in you and how, how, how much God values you. And when you value yourself, you'll be ready for better. Somebody say better is on the way. Somebody, you need to shift some of your habits because you deserve better. I'm not just talking about drinking and smoking and all that stuff. Some of y'all, y'all need to shift that too. Somebody, you need to shift some of your dietary habits because most of your health issues are connected to what you eat. You deserve better. God wants you to have health life and life more abundantly. And God's trying to do the work in your life, but every time God's trying to bless you and your health, you're doing stuff to counteract it with what you're eating. You deserve better than you're treating yourself. Somebody, the people you associate with, you deserve better. They don't like you. <clears throat> and you know it. I'm not telling you something you don't know. They don't like you. And you know it. You deserve 
but you hold on to them because you'd rather be with someone you don't like than to be by yourself because you're not comfortable with yourself. But you've got to start getting comfortable enough with yourself to say, I can do bad all by myself. And when you do that, God is going to send folks in your life. But the kind of folks you want God to send in your life can't come in your life because they can't get along with the kind of folks who can't stand you. Better is on the way. Come on, let me pray for you right now. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for better. We thank you, God. Uh, for we don't have to keep worrying about the how. We just need to focus on the who. And when we focus on the who, good God Almighty, then that's when everything can work out right. So God, I pray, God, for these your people, I pray for all of us today. That in those areas that we feel convicted today, I ask God that you would help us to treat ourselves better so that we can receive better. Help us, God, to believe we deserve better. And I thank you, God, for better is on the way. So in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for health. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for wealth. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for blessed relationships. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for blessed families. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for blessed communities. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for blessed careers. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that the best is yet to come and better is on the way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, if you received that, won't you give God a hand clap of praise in the house today? Won't you remain standing? Won't you remain standing? We thank God for all that are here, all that are online. If you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, better is on the way today. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, today is your day and this is your moment. Do we say this every Sunday here at Community of Hope? We're Community of Hope where everyone has a chance. If we don't care who you are, what you've done, or who you did it with. We don't care if you did it last night or woke up doing it this morning. But when you're here, you're in the right place at the right time. Softly, softly. You're in the right place at the right time to become all that God has called you to be. And we believe that God's got a blessing with your name. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, if you're online and you've never accepted Jesus, or you've already accepted Christ, but you need a church home, you need a church home, a place where you can grow to be all God has called you to be, or you just want to rededicate your faith, if one of those three things, if you're online, just text Hope Decision, or just click the link right there in the chat, or just type the word Hope Decision. Text that to the number 77411. 77411. If you're here today and you're not saved or you need a church, uh, just raise your hand where you are. You want to give your life to Christ or you need a church home. You want to rededicate your faith. Just raise your hand right where you are. Right, I see your hand. I see you. I see you. God bless you. Someone else, someone else. There's more in the house today. If you're not saved, if you need a church if you're not saved, if you need a church, just raise your hand where you are. If you're not saved, if you need a church, just raise your hand right where you are. Community of Hope, I want y'all to help me. 
I want you to help me. I want you, when I say go, to ask your neighbor two questions. One is, are you saved? Two is, do you have a church home? What's the first question? What's the second question? I, I want you to just find three folks, ask them that, and tell them, look, uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, what I want you to do, my sister who raised your hand, if you can make your way to the altar, and then uh, just tell them, I'm going to walk on down to the altar with you. We just want to pray for you down here at the altar. Come on, ask everyone around you. Ask them, are you saved? Do you have a church? God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Come on, all over the house. Are you saved? Do you have a church? Are you saved? Do you have a church? Come on, somebody there. online. Online. Just connect with us right there. Just text Hope Decision to 77411. One word, Hope Decision to 77411. If you're not saved, if you need a church home, if you need to rededicate your faith, today's your day. This is your moment. Today is your day. This is your moment. If you're saved and glad about it, got a church home, excited about it, come on, won't you give God a hand clap of praise in the house today? Just stretch your hands to my sister. So anyone else today, there's still time for you. There's still time for you. And everybody in the house, just repeat this prayer after you, my sister, as well. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart and be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person that you've called me to be. So today, I thank you that I'm saved, I got a church home, and I'm reconnected with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for our sister.